All right, let me read. Uh, we're in uh, Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12 today. And I just want to read the first uh, two verses, then we'll pray. Uh, not Nehemiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem. Uh, the leaders are already there. And the rest of the people cast lots, kind of like flip a coin, uh, to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem, uh, live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of ten remained in the other towns. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. Lord, I thank you for uh, this time. Um, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we get to be here. Um, Father, I thank you for the space to be here. Um, Lord, I, I, I had a, a friend text me that they got COVID and they can't make it today. And um, Lord, it is a reminder that, Lord, a few years ago, this was stripped away from us. And so, Father, what a privilege to be among, just to be here. And uh, Lord, I pray that we never stop seeing it as a privilege. Um, and I pray, Father, that you would eliminate distractions. And Father, it's just, even just specifically, Lord, um, there is something in all of our pockets that will buzz over the next few moments. And um, Father, would you help us just to concentrate here and to trust you with everything outside of here? Um, we love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You guys can have a, a seat. Uh, what does it mean uh, to be all in? Uh, when I uh, was going to the gym on Tuesday, it was like raining and sleet and like wildly cold and like every single treadmill was taken. I was like, ah, like these people are all in because what's going on outside. And I know somebody that if you ask them like, oh, I go, he would say like, I go to retro, I go to retro, like that's my gym. I'm, uh, maybe he wouldn't use the term all in, but like that's his gym. And the reason he would say that uh, is because his company pays for him to have a membership and then gives him a discount on his medical if he goes three times a week. And so he drives to Retro on his way home, scans his car card, gets back in his car, and uh, goes home. Uh, and so he goes to Retro, uh, actually never working out. Uh, he's all in on his health, if you will. And uh, I've uh, and that you know you would say that never happens in the church, but nay nay it does. Uh, and so like I was one time uh, going at a at a uh, at a department store, we'll say, and uh, I gave somebody a five dollar gift card with a God loves you card, and uh, they're like, oh, this is Wellspring, that's my church. Uh, and then they started like talking all about a whole bunch of things uh, that our church does and how they love they love that church that they get to go to. And then they ended the conversation by looking at me, said pastor, and saying, "Oh, do you go there too?" Uh, and uh, I was like, in my head, I was just like, "Yes." <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, and, uh, and so, like, it just caught me. I, I think I called Graham afterwards. I was like, you never guess what just happened. Uh, right? And uh, so that, you know, what does it mean to be a part of a community of believers? Uh, what does it mean to be part of a church? Uh, what does it mean to go to church? What does it mean to be involved? What does it mean to kind of walk this life of faith and, and things of that nature? This is a battle, honestly, for all of us, right? Like, there's times where we're like, hey, I'm a person of faith, but then faith creates a sense of sacrifice, and at some point, sacrifice gets really hard. There's other times when we're looking at faith, and we're, we're like, hey, I'm all, I'm all in, but when we kind of dig down, it's like, I'm all in from like this portion of my day to like this portion of my day, but maybe not like, and it's like, mm, 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 or, we're, or we're all in with like, hey, it's, it's Easter, we just had Ash Wednesday, so like, I'm all in on my faith for these next 40 days, or I'm all in here and there, but 
what would it look like for you and I to be all in and walk, walk the faith, not from like time to time, but just like every step we're taking is a step of faith because we're trying to walk as Jesus walked. And so that's what we want to look at today in this, in this book of Nehemiah. We have, we're, we're now in the last three chapters. We're going to tackle two chapters a day and one chapter next week and, and be done, not be done with the book of Nehemiah. Like, oh, it's gone forever. No, but, uh, but like we're going to conclude our time in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, and so what we looked at, the first six chapters, they rebuilt the wall. Okay, groovy. Now they've been rebuilding the people to, to walk as a people of God into the promises of God. And, and today we want to look at, well, these verses that I just read, I'll read again in a second, but we want to look at a people of God that says, like, God, like, truly nothing is too small for you. I will, I will grind this out every single day to worship you and to honor you and to walk this life of faith. So here, let me remind us of those two verses that I just read. It says, now the leaders of, of the people lived uh, in Jerusalem. The people, the leaders are already leading by example. And the rest of the people cast lots, flipped a coin, uh, to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of ten remained in the other towns. Uh, and the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. So you have, uh, you, you have a group of people that say, okay, the walls have been rebuilt, but to really pursue the promises of God, now we need people within the city to, for God to do what he wants to do and needs to do and to fulfill those promises. That, that worship is going to happen in the temple and worship is going to be uh, happen out of Jerusalem. So people are needed within Jerusalem to continue doing what God has called us as a people to do. And so uh, the people see them as part of the promises of God. But, but what do they have to do to make this happen? Because uh, Jerusalem is a dump. Uh, God's not saying like, hey, I need people to move to Miami. Who's going to sign up and move to Miami with me? Like this is like, who's going to move and, and, and go to uh, uh, Anchorage, Alaska? Like this is, this is a dump. This is not something that is desirable. This is a broken down city. Yes, now it has walls and it's not desirable, but these are people that are doing kind of a mundane thing to honor God and see the promises fulfilled. And as I was reading, like this is such a struggle for me and my personality because like I don't love doing the ordinary. I love being a part of the extraordinary. Like, you want to sign up? Like, who wants to go slay a giant? Like, I will sign up all day long to go and fight Goliath. Like, that's my personality. But to kind of grind it out, like, in the mundane, like, day-to-day -day as a walk of faith, like, that just gets boring. Come on, God, let's do big things. But here's a group of people that sees that as not the way to live the Christian life and sees it as I can honor God in just the everyday aspects of relocating for Jesus. And so they cast lots because no one actually wants to move to Jerusalem. Uh, and some of them volunteered. You can see that some of them volunteered. But by and large, they need a tenth of the people, a tithe of the people, to go into the city. And so they, they flip a coin for our purposes, cast lots, so that God decides who's going to the city and not just the rich and the influential to get out of it. Uh, and so everybody of every economical status uh, is uh, now as a part of this. They, they flip a coin. So nine, out of, nine out of ten stay in the countryside. One out of ten move into the city. Uh, uh, and what we have for the rest of the chapter are people listed by name that moved into the city. Wouldn't it be cool to be a person of faith and have your name listed in the Bible? <laughs> that would be rad, right? And so they were people of faith. And then in, it goes into chapter 12. It also lists the Levites because this is a, a spiritual thing, the priestly tribe. And, uh, and then they look at those that either volunteered to go or that just simply agreed to walk in obedience. And they said, like they praised them, they blessed them and said, thank you for doing this, they, that you're doing something that maybe isn't glorious, but like, man, like that's really, really cool. And I looked at this and I was like, man, we have a lot of unsung heroes uh, around Wellspring. Uh, 
things that we don't really uh, notice until we notice. <laughs> what I mean by that, like, we have unsung heroes uh, in the nursery. People that sign up to hold babies and wipe, wipe butts. Uh, there is uh, nothing uh, glorious uh, about that uh, until you have a crying baby in here and you're like, I'm just trying to focus. <laughs> like, we, oh, no, 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 okay, well, that's, sorry, that's way too harsh, right? Uh, when there's a crying baby, we do the Christian thing. We don't, we don't, like, we don't do the not, like, we don't go like that. Like, we're not going to do that, all right? But when there's a crying baby, we kind of just do the, the Christian side eye of just like a little unnoticeable judgment, right? <laughs> but we notice it. <laughs> and there's a nursery. Have we ever stopped to thank the people in the nursery? Because <laughs> my prayer, and literally I pray over the nursery most Sundays, is that, that there would be people that get to heaven and will say, hey, there was somebody praying for you when, you, when they were wiping your diaper, and I honored that prayer 20 years later, and you're here in heaven with me. <laughs> like there's something powerful that can happen in those moments, and I do think God can use it. And, uh, but, uh, and, and, and then I look at the unsung hero of, of like, we walk in and we're like, man, this building is clean. When I walk in on a Sunday morning, it actually smells clean. It actually gets my attention. Do you know how the building gets cleaned? For the last like four months, two guys have come in on Friday mornings to spend two and a half hours just cleaning this building. Like every single Friday. Wheels is one of those guys, and on Friday I was going to Manahawken for something, and I passed him around 10:30 on the Garden State Parkway, and uh, and as I passed him, he was bopping away on the on the uh, steering wheel, and I just know he was rocking out to worship music. So he was here cleaning, and that didn't kill his worship; it made his worship. <laughs> And, and then, uh, and then I, I think about, like, we've had a, a, a 12-year-old that has been dragged here by her mom the last few weeks because we've had people missing in the, in the production booth, if you will, and, uh, and she's here to help. And, and you might be like, hey, I don't have any technical, uh, any technical skill sets to be able to help. Uh, and yeah, you know, like the sound and whatnot, and like in here, like I get like there's some technical spots, but there are some spots that you could help in. Because uh, you'll notice, like when the slides are out of order and stuff, you'll notice when there's a mistake back there. But here's what you need to be ordered to help us with the slides. Can you guys do spirit fingers with me? Okay, great. If you have one out of ten fingers, like you could help us do the mundane thing that, think about this for a second, it helps the online. It helps you read the scripture. It helps in so many ways that we don't notice until we notice it, right? And do we ever stop to thank people that do the mundane to help us do what God has called us to do to, to preach the word of, of God? And, and, and so these people see, hey, I'm going to, in previous chapters, I'm going to give of my money. Okay, great. They've done that. But here's like, hey, here's the call on the, on the people of God today. I need you to leave your homes and come to this city. That is hugely sacrificial, isn't it? And so that's our, you know, that screams of our value of give of yourself. Uh, our value that we think every Christian, one of the values that we think every Christian should be ascribing to is a uh, question to ask yourself. Does my giving of your time, your treasures, and your talents show love for God and, and love for people? And so these are people that, that went all in, that they said, hey, if God, if God needs us, if God needs us to do this, like we are going to do this. Like, like think about this. If, you're, if your only contribution to the faith in your lifetime was to relocate your home while living a daily walk with Jesus, would you consider that enough and good? I struggle with that, but we really probably shouldn't, that nothing is too small of a sacrifice for our God. 
So here's how, how it goes on. I want to read a few portions of, uh, of chapter 12 now. They list a bunch of names. Uh, chapter, start of chapter 12, they list more names, the priests and the Levites. Now I want to jump to uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 27. Now they're dedicating the wall. And this is more than just a ribbon cutting. Uh, it says this, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring uh, to Jerusalem and to celebrate the dedication with gladness. What's a dedication? It's the, with gladness. It's with thanksgiving. It's with singing. It's okay to be lively in worship. Uh, with cymbals and harps. Can you imagine if we had a harp in worship? That'd be fun. Uh, and lyres, lyres and uh, like, yeah, okay. Uh, and the sons and the singers gathered together in the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of the Nephetides and from Beth Gilga and from the region of Geba and from uh, Asthmatic and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. And the singers had built themselves villages around Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and they purified the people and the gates of the wall. Then, uh, and then I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs to give thanks. A lot of thanksgiving. One went south on the wall to the Dung Gate. That's a fun name. Moving down a little bit to verse 38, the other choir, those who gave thanks, went to the north, and I followed them with the other half of the people on the wall, on the wall, above the tower of the ovens uh, to the broad wall. Jumping down to verse 33, and offered great sacrifices that day, their giving of themselves um, in their regards financially, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. Women and children also rejoiced. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Can you imagine that? Like imagine if our worship was so lively that we didn't actually need to turn the speakers on, that the people on Main Street and Washington Street was like, what's up over there, y'all? <laughs> heard it far away. <laughs> on that day, we're appointed over the storerooms and the contributions of the first fruits and the tithes to, to gather them into uh, the portions required by the law for the priests and for the Levites, according to the fields and the towns, for Judah rejoiced over all the priests and Levites who ministered. And they formed, their, uh, formed the service of their God and, and service of purification, as did the singers and the gatekeepers, according to the command of David and his son Solomon. Uh, for, long, uh, for long ago in the days of David and Asaph, two guys that wrote a lot of the Psalms, the, the things of singing, uh, then the, there were directors of the singers, and there were songs of praise and thanksgiving so overwhelming the scene. Uh, and, and all of Israel in the days of Zerubbabel, in the days of Nehemiah, they gave their, the daily portions for the singers and for the gatekeepers. They set, up, uh, they set apart that which was for the Levites, and the Levites set apart uh, that which was for the sons of Aaron. So now the wall is done. They have people that have moved back into the city, and do you see praise just erupting through this whole scene? <laughs> They're thanking God not only for what they have, not only for what God has done, but what God is doing in their midst. This is a fulfillment of promises, and promises still yet to come, and they're, and they're praising God for this. They're overwhelmed uh, with joy. This is, this is more than a, a ribbon ceremony, because part of the th first things that we read was that the Levites were a part of this. This is the priestly tribe. And so they brought, they brought a spiritual element into this to, to direct worship and to guide worship. And the people with, under, the, under the priest's supervision are, are overwhelmed with all of this, and, and, and they're all giving thanks, and, and, they, and they create two choirs. <laughs> And they set them apart, uh, set them up on the wall. 
That is such a flex by Nehemiah. Because if you remember back in, in, in chapter, I think it's chapter 4, you have a whole bunch of people that, are, that are, are coming at Nehemiah, and they're making fun of the people. If you remember back, I think it's chapter 4, when they were like, oh, they're making fun of how the progress on the wall, and they said, a fox could come here and tear down your wall, and just poke fun at all the people. And then Nehemiah's like, yeah, the wall is done. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get two gaggles of people, two huge choirs, and we're going to send them in different directions around the wall to meet at the temple, and they're going to sing praises on what you made fun of. <laughs> Such a boss move by Nehemiah that I absolutely love. And so they're singing praise. They're singing worship. And they're praising God for what he has done and what he is doing. And the people, with a heart of thanksgiving, continue to contribute to the singers and to the priests, and to make sure that this can continue happening, they set up this uh, a structure to make sure that the that the money and the money absorbs the resources coming in can be used for good purposes and be organized and whatnot, so that this can continue. As they dedicate the wall, there is praise and there is passion through all of this. This week, uh, my mom uh, reminded me of something really cool. So I'm going. Uh, I'm going to Peru in, I think, July. I get to, uh, our missionary down in the southern cone in Brazil is leading a group of individuals uh, into the Andes Mountains in Peru. And he put it out there on his social media, like if anybody wants to join him on this missions trip. And I was like, Peru, like, I really want to go to Peru because uh, my grandfather uh, was a missionary uh, in Peru. And uh, it's hard to see in the picture, but he, has a, he rocked a mustache um, and so if you're like, Jason, why are you rocking a mustache in your 39 plus one decade? Uh, it's because I want to live into the shoes of my grandfather, so stop making fun of me. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but anyway, so he was a missionary uh, in Peru. And, uh, and so when I saw, hey, a mission trip to the Andes Mountains, uh, hiking four to six hours a day uh, with Bibles in the Quechua language to go to these remote villages uh, and tell people about Jesus with their Bibles and show them a Jesus film and all this stuff. I was like, sign me up. I cannot wait to go and walk in some literal footsteps of my grandfather. So my mom was reminding me that every single uh, year uh, she gets a bonus from work. Uh, and she likes to give that, like last year she gave it to uh, Landon for his missions trip to Brazil, and she likes to do special things with that. Um, and so, dear Lord, I please pray that it's a $20,000 bonus. Um, and, uh, and so she, she said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to contribute to your missions trip to Peru this year. And uh, why? <laughs> because it's a huge passion of hers. <laughs> it's her dad, and it's that relationship. It's me going to Peru. It's, it's passion fuels great joy to be able to do that and to give to that and to support that. What gives you great joy? What gives you great passion where you're willing to sacrifice? Sometimes we see like the resources that God gives us as our resources. It takes a person of faith to say, hey, the resources God gives, gives me is, yes, it's in part a blessing, but it's also a tool to do what God has asked me to do. That, that if there is a need in, within the people of God that, man, like, there are, there are plenty of things that would say, like, I, as a, as a family member, need to contribute and be a part of that. But there's also what we see in this, like, as I get to contribute and see the holiness of God flowing through his people, there's a sense of great joy in what is going on as I've been able to contribute. They have worshipped through this whole scene with great passion because of what God has done and what he is doing. And that's what I think is the, the big thought for us today as we look at these two chapters is that be all in with worship. Why? Because God's all in with you. 
If you're a person of faith, you're part of the family of God. If you're a person of faith, then you know God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes should not perish but have, have everlasting life, which means that God sent his son for you. He's all in on you. He wildly loves you. And so if God is all in on you, man, our lives as worship is to be all in with our God. You are part, as a person of faith, of the family of God. You don't get a choice in that matter. We're just a chapter of the family of God. You are part of the greater picture, the greater family of God, because you're a person of faith. What does it mean to be part of a family? Well, families have different stages, don't they? Like when you, when you, when you, you, you get married and, and then there's a child, guess what happens when, that, when you have a child? Uh, they contribute nothing to your family. <laughs> uh, they eat, poop, and sleep. Um, and so they are inherently selfish, and it's a good thing. So when you get into the family of God in those first few stages, you expect a high level of selfishness. I did not look at Brady when he was one and say, hey, time to take out the garbage there, big guy. Every Wednesday, you better start doing that. You better start contributing. To, like, no, he was purely selfish, and that was a good thing. That was to be expected. He, and so then, he, then you grow up a little bit. You get a little bit older, and mom goes from feeding you your little cut-up dogs, and it's all cute and whatnot, and blah, 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 to, hey, why don't you feed yourself? Uh, why, don't you, why don't you cut your own hot dog? Uh, why don't you do this for yourself? Why don't you eat your own puffs? Why don't you, and and you, you go that route where now you're kind of transitioning from being fed to now kind of feeding yourself and, and eventually going where I am going to take out the garbage, eventually going to where I am going to contribute to the family, where I am going to be a part of this household. And then you hit those very annoying teenage years <laughs> where you start to contribute, but you're kind of forced to. <laughs> so it's like, Dad, are you making a suggestion? Or are you telling me that's my favorite? Uh, and, uh, and it's like, okay, now you have to start contributing to the family. You're trying to learn how to be an adult. Then you kind of reach young adulthood where now you're kind of in the house, but now you're kind of transitioning out of the house. And then like, if you can really get on your mom's good side, uh, you can be in the house contribute nothing to the family, and play in the basement with your video games. Uh, uh, and that's healthy for no one. Um, and so uh, like that's part of growing up, maybe. And, and then you become an adult, and then you, you know, whatnot, and then you retire and, and sing Kumbaya, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> but you see how there's different stages to being a family member, right? Well, I think there's different stages, stages to being a family member within the family of God. <laughs> there's times where it's all about like, hey, I need, I, I, I'm new to this, like, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need to learn. I need to grow. And I think that's to be expected. But then there's a moment where you start to transition to like, I'm growing and I'm contributing. I'm doing something. I'm not just a part of something. I'm, I'm, I'm playing a part. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with this. And then there's a times where you mature and you, maybe you're in that parent maturity where, man, like I'm more contributing than anybody else, but it's a great joy to see what it's doing for everybody else beneath me and how it's leading them. As I was thinking about that this week, I, I, I wonder if, if I can encourage many of us to, to not, not be that uh, post-high school, post-college kid that comes in, they live in the family house, but they contribute nothing to the family household, but they're just part of the family by title alone. <laughs> that, that they see just kind of living in the house as I'm a family member, but it, no, there's a time where you need to contribute and, and to do something. I think this is one of the dangers that came up um, after COVID. Like, there's a place for the online worship experience, isn't there? Like, I know there are people right now watching, literally because they got COVID, and they have to. This is a great tool. But in COVID, this was all stripped away from us, 
And so we got to watch. And so now so many of us fall into this like, well, if I physically show up, it's better than watching from my bed. And so if I physically show up, then I am a part of the family of God. And yes, in part. But if you live around your grandma and only ever FaceTime her, does that really feel right? And so there's a time when we start to contribute. And that's where I want to encourage us. In light of what we're reading today in the book of Nehemiah, this is my encouragement to you and I, uh, is that my challenge is to do a God's people thing that you see as somebody else's thing. Like if you're sitting here and, and you're like, well, somebody else can give. Somebody else can serve. Somebody else can do that thing. Someone else can do Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. But you know that uh, throughout the pages of Scripture, you know that this is just something that the people of God do. My encouragement to you is to get on board and to start being a part of the family of God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to uh, not necessarily close, we're going to close our, this time with a, a time of communion and, and reflection. Uh, and then we'll sing, uh, sing a song, and, uh, and then Caleb will just share a few more things. But I want to have a time of communion uh, to remind us of God's all-in nature and that you and I get to live these lives of worship uh, in, in everyday life, in, in participating in the, in the family of God. And so I just want us to take a moment to, to kind of pause and to reflect in, in a moment of quietness and to, and to think about, yes, I am a part of the family of God by nature of being a child of God, but how can I play a part?